You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin. Thank you for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to this episode. We're going to have a lot of fun. But before we get to that, remember to go ahead and hit us up on the social medias, on the Twitter at TNWPod, on the Instagram at Talking Wrestling Podcast, and send us a Gmail uh, when you have time, letting us know what you think of the show, uh, give us any ideas of what you might want to hear. Talking wrestling at gmail.com. Also, remember that the review and rating contest is still going on. It will be going on until I get rid of all the postcards. So uh, we have about 20 postcards left. If you have given a review and not got your postcard yet, please let us know so I know to get that postcard out to you. Uh, a bunch of postcards went out last week, so they should be arriving to you in the next week sometime. Please wait. Uh, We're not just dealing with U.S. Postal Services. We're dealing with Canadian ones as well. So I don't know how good the U.S. Postal Services are, but uh, Canada Post. (laughs) Anyway, so it might take a little bit, but just remember, if you can give us a five-star review and uh, five stars and a review, we will get you a postcard, vintage postcard from the 80s. Our next big contest coming up, I guess I was going to do this at the end of the show. Might as well do this now. It will be autographed merchandise from Hacksaw Jim Duggan, whether it be an 8x10 or maybe even his biography, whatever I feel like parting with. I'm doing five shows with Hacksaw Jim Duggan in Ontario, Canada. Uh, the dates, I'm not 100% sure. I think the 14th, I'm in Fergus, a small little town called Fergus. Uh, I am also doing Brockville, Belleville, and Kingston as well and i think one more but i cannot remember when i will be posting the show dates on the instagram account on the twitter account and on my own facebook page casey corbin uh i'm looking forward to working with hacksaw jim duggan i believe i could look like his illegitimate son i think we're gonna make a great pairing and uh we're gonna have a lot of fun despite the fact that i've never been a big fan you know but uh it doesn't matter I'm a fan of every wrestler that has ever put on the tights. I'm a fan of every wrestler that has given up his body, sacrificed his home life to go out in the road and do what they do. Uh, I'm grateful for for that because they just want to entertain and I need to be entertained. Uh, Speaking of entertaining, uh, today's guest, he's our first guy to come back this year. Last year's guest, Rudy Blair from Rudy Blair Entertainment, is sitting right across from me right now. Rudy Blair, thank you for coming to Never Sleeps Network Studios. Hey, man, look, I had a blast the last time. I was so glad when you asked me to come back because, you know, and again, we were talking before we uh, we started this thing, and I said, I'm not blowing smoke. I think you've got the best podcast out there because you oh, are so authentic. You. you are real. You care about the fans. You care about the wrestlers. You care about the show. You care about wrestling. R- only a real wrestling fan 
would produce a show like you have. And that just shows every time you turn on the mic, man, that you are the real deal. So congrats on this. Oh, well, thank you. It's always great when a guest comes in and puts you over like that oh, uh, right no. off the top. I feel and, so, so blessed. And I agree with you. You know what? With Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I'm not the biggest fan of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but I am a fan of Hacksaw Jim Dugan. Yes. From the Mid-South. Yes. When he was crazy and nuts and putting on monkey suits and all that other stuff. That's the crazy guy I liked. Well, my issues with Hacksaw, just, I'm a Canadian, and I go, and I went to a lot of wrestling in Canada's capital, Ottawa, mm-hmm. a Canada, and uh, he was always wrestling Dino Bravo whenever I've seen him. <laughs> and so he's starting USA Chants, and that's driving me insane. Yeah. To have a bunch of Canadians yell USA, 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 while a Canadian wrestler is in the ring with him. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. It just drives me insane. I agree, man. There is one episode of Superstars. It was September 8th, I think. Was September 8th was the Superstar taping in Ottawa. And it was Ric Flair's first debut. Uh, but also on the card, uh, many things. Because it was like five episodes of Superstars were being taped. So Hacksaw Jim Duggan was one of the matches. And we got a lot of airtime because we were center and maybe about 20 rows up. Mm-hmm. So whenever somebody went on the top rope to pose in front of the fans, we were the backdrop. Yeah. So you can see us during uh, the Road Warriors Legion of Doom match. You can see us during, I think, uh, Shawn Michaels goes. Shawn Michaels has a match. Uh, you can see us during that. You can also see us during the Hacksaw Jim Duggan match. And he's on the ropes, on the second rope, doing his thumb in the air, doing the hoe with the, with the, with the, with the two-by-four. You can see my buddies. They're all standing up, <laughs> holding their thumbs up. And then the guy beside me is doing it. But I am like sitting down and my arms are crossed. And there's just a smug look on my face. Like, I don't approve of any of this. However, I'm looking forward to traveling with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm looking forward to asking him questions, you know, especially about the Mid-South. Because I love Mid-South wrestling. Yeah. It's going to be great. And speaking of the Mid-South... Well, first of all, before we get onto the Med South, I'm, I've said I was very excited to tell you this before the show. Yes. So yeah. since our last visit, mm-hmm. in the last episode Rudy Blair was on, we were talking our favorite matches of all time. Yeah. And you said your favorite match of all time that you've seen live was at the Maple Leaf Gardens mm-hmm. and was uh, Jay Youngblood and Ricky Steamboat yes. in the cage yeah. against uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Don... Kernoodle. Kernoodle. Now, uh, since then, mm-hmm. I've worked with Ricky Steamboat. And I had him on the show. and uh, But privately off the show, I said, you know, I had a guest on. And he said, of all the matches of his lifetime that he's seen, you and Jay uh, versus Don and, and, and Sergeant Slaughter in the cage at Maple Leaf Gardens was his favorite match of all time. And Ricky said, let me tell you a story about that match. I know the match you're talking about. He goes, the month before, we did a match with them not in the steel cage. And to set up the steel cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, however, we had trouble getting up there. Something happened. The flights were missed and something happened. And we and Jay and I were going to actually miss the gig, it looked like. So Tony was like, well, you're in the main event. You better not miss it. So he sent them a jet, a private jet or something like that. Oh, wow. So now the way the pay scale, the way the pay worked, of course, the place was packed. They sold it out, and they headlined it. Absolutely. And they had a great match yep. because everybody bought back in for the return match in the cage. Now, it's very interesting. So 
the way he said you got paid was you went to your next card. Like you always got paid the month later when you showed up. Mm-hmm. So that's when you got paid for the last month. Okay. So because, you know, they have to get all the money in from, I guess, the gates and then divide it up. And I don't know how the pay scales work, but right. I would imagine it's percentage of the door. And if you're up top, you're dra- you're the drawing, you know, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get the pay and it's severely under. It's under. Really? What they, what they expected. Uh-huh. So they basically said that we're really short on the pay. And Frank Tunney, I guess, told them, well, you know, I did have to charter you a plane. I'm not paying for that. That's coming out of your expenses. <laughs> oh, my God. So Ricky Simo said he's never held up a show ever in his life. But he, him and Jay agreed. They're like, well, we're not going out there in that cage until you pay us the actual amount that you owe us. Wow. So they held him up and uh, they got paid. And then they went out and had that great match in the cage. But that that match almost didn't happen. That's incredible. Here I am, you know, getting my $4 ticket, you know, getting my popcorn, getting my program, sitting there watching all the matches, just waiting for the big one, and all this is going on. Backstage. Wow, that's inc- that's an incredible story. Because, it's, first of all, it's crazy because Ricky Steamboat is not that type of person to no. hold anybody up. Yeah. He is fantastic. And yeah, he belittled me and called me a hobo during our podcast, but we had a banter. You know, I was clearly the heel. I was calling him, uh, he told me that he gets butterflies before a certain matches. So I called him Ricky the Butterfly Steamboat. <laughs> and then I told him at one point, I have a bong and it has dragons all over it. And I said, I've named that bong Ricky the Dragon Steam Bong. Oh, no. And he goes, So now you've reduced me to butterflies, but now I'm just pot. You know, so I was like, <laughs> So uh, if you haven't heard the Ricky Steamboat episode, go back, find it in the archives. It is there. As I said, third Hall of Famer coming up, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Excited about that. That will be released in April. But we're speaking of, um, of, uh, wrestlers holding up uh you know matches for more money yep well probably the most legendary one was jeff jarrett did not want to drop the intercontinental title to uh a woman specifically china Mm -hmm. and he held vince mcmahon up for i don't know i heard was from for one hundred and seventy five thousand to two hundred thousand dollars i've heard even half a mil you half a mil i've heard five hundred thousand well that's even crazier but he held him up. He refused to go out and do the match. Now, when he went out and he did the match, it was an amazing match. Yes. And he worked his ass off to get her over. You know, that match was a no-holds-barred. Everything was in that match, including the kitchen sink at one point. Great performance. But that was the end of their relationship in the WWE. He was, you know, that bridge was burnt. But every year, it seems like the WWE, when it comes Hall of Fame time, they like to mend the bridges with someone. Mm-hmm. It seems like every year they have their categories. One woman will go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually an African-American person will go in. Mm-hmm. Usually a person that's burned the bridge will come in. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you don't think deserves to go in goes in. I agree with that. And then uh, a big name goes in. Mm-hmm. And that's usually... And then uh, a celebrity. Yes. That's usually the the packaging of i think of every hall of fame and this year's class is uh, so far i'm pretty happy with it goldberg deserves to be in without mm-hmm. a doubt mm-hmm. um even though his wwe career was not fantastic but uh, that's not his fault but that's not his fault 
That's their fault. But I, of course it is. Yeah. But they fixed it with when they brought him back. Exactly. For yes, I will give them that, which was great. Because mm-hmm. he, he should have been, from day one when he was in the WWE, he should have been billed as the monster. Period. Yeah. Well, they what they want to do is they're like, well, we just don't want to take WCW guys and make them WCW guys over here. We want to put our spin on them. And taking him out of his tights and putting him in the biker shorts. Yeah. Wrong. White bikers. White. Wrong. Yeah. You know, marketing his tattoo, barbed wire tattoo as this logo. Wrong. Everything that they did with him was wrong. And that's what I loved about the Survivor Series was I was expecting Brock. I'm like, I wanted Goldberg to go to Suplex City. I wanted to see him take five to ten suplexes. But then Hunter or whoever put the match together surprised us because what we got was a WCW Goldberg match. Yeah. Against Brock Lesnar, where he came yeah. in and squashed him in a minute 33. And then we're like, what the? And like, and it was believable. It was believable. Well, because of Brock selling. Exactly. Brock Lesnar sells like nobody gives him credit on how actually good he is as a pro wrestler. But I think that's because he's better at wrestling big guys than small guys mm-hmm. and he's already he well he has never really admitted it but if you if you know anything about wrestling he hates wrestling the small guys yeah he just doesn't get into it the bigger guys he does like the undertakers like the goldbergs well, i think part of his attitude is look it has to be believable yeah and it's not believable that cm punk can beat me up yeah because in a real fight i'm gonna kill him and i agree with him yeah i, agree I, with I that absolutely too. agree with him like sometimes you have david versus goliath and i get it like Rey Mysterio going over certain people. Yeah. Rey Mysterio is a superhero. Yeah. We don't we don't see his face. He's a luchador. He flies around. He is amazing. He was amazing in the Royal Rumble. I hope they give him a contract. I hope he's back at WrestleMania because he looked great. He was supposed to wrestle Justin Thunder Lager later this year at New Japan's uh, U.S. show in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. However, Justin Thunder Lager is now uh, going in for knee surgery. Oh. So... I don't know if that match is going to happen, but who knows? But anyways, yeah, we're talking about the WWE Hall of Fame. The Dudleys are going in. Yep. I'm, I'm very happy. because Much that, deserved. Well, they're in top 10 greatest tag teams of all time, as far as I'm concerned, because in order to be one of the greatest, you have to win everywhere you go. And the Dudleys did that. And you can close your eyes and say, what's your favorite? You don't have to close your eyes. Don't close. Open your eyes. <laughs> You can say what are your Dudley favorite Dudley favorite your favorite Dudley moments, mm-hmm. and chances are some people's moments are going to be from ECW. Mm-hmm. Some people's moments are going to be from WWE. Some people's moments are going to be from elsewhere. So I think that's great that wherever they went, they created moments. Just to and they would agree with this too. They were able to make moments because they had the right chemistry with the right opponents. If you want to look at the WWE or back then WWF, whatever, uh, the fact that they had Edge and Christian. Yeah. They had the Hardy Boys. They had teams to work they with. Yeah. Work well, teams that were hungry, all of them wanting to be on top, but all of them in a collective said, we are going to steal the show no matter what happens to us. Yes. And to work together like that, I mean, absolutely incredible. So, absolutely agree. All three of those teams. Hopefully, yeah. will be in the Hall of Fame. Of course, they will. They will all be. Um, well, whether they get in as tag teams or not, mm-hmm. like the Hardys will go in as a together. Yes, that'll happen. Yeah, Christian should go in. Like Edge and Christian should be in there. See, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. 
once you start putting in tag teams and you start inducting people, like um, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Eric Clapton is in there three different times. Yeah. He's in there for Cream. Yeah. He's in there for being Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. And he's in there for the Yardbirds, I think. Okay. So he's in there three different times. Paul McCartney is in there three different times. With that said, you know, Ric Flair is the only two-time Hall of Famer. However, I do think others deserve to be in there more than twice if you're going to do it like that. I agree. Like, the Hart Foundation should go in. Absolutely. Um, hugely influential. So, but that, but then Brett gets two rings, and now he's the same as Rick. It's all like, oh, you don't want to insult. Like, Rick is an elite class. and But the fact is, Edge and Christian are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Absolutely. That tag team deserves to go in. Yep. But Christian also deserves to go in on his own. But the only way Christian's going to get in is if McMahon stays out of the way, because... People may know or may not know the reason why Christian never really had the push that he should have gotten Mm -hmm. was because, and this is the stupidest thing, McMahon didn't like his face. Didn't like his face. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, sure, Edge has got that pretty boy look. He had the long hair, you know, the good jaw, the nice teeth and everything else. But you don't like Christian's face, yeah. and that's why you don't push him. Sure, you gave him a world championship for, what, 48 hours, and then it was taken away from him? From, yeah. I think it was Randy Orton that beat him for it. It's like, what the hell? And, and the that- guy's funny, and he's good, and he's a good talker. And that's why, of course, he, when he went to uh, TNA, yeah. he was really successful there. Oh, of course, because they gave him the opportunity to be successful. Exactly. Now, the WWE had given him plenty of opportunity, and he made his name there. But the peep show at Raw 25 happened because Edge could not show up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it was going to be rated R superstar, like the, the rated Edge or whatever Edge's mm. show was called. But I was happy to see the peep show. I was like, because then you start thinking, wow, they're being really nice to Christian. Maybe maybe he's going to get to go in the hall. Like, And I wish he would, but um, he's not right now. So, of course, then who else do we have? Ivory yeah. is going in. Yep. And it's nice that they're acknowledging Glow because I think part of wrestling, you acknowledge everything. Like, it seems like WWE will acknowledge um, your past, but it's limited to what they own. Like, they, yeah. like they'll have no problem talking about your AWA roots or your WCW NWA roots or your Mid-South roots or your Florida roots. As long as they can sell the DVDs. But Kurt Angle didn't wrestle for 11 years yeah. they said when he came back it's like well what are you talking about he was in tna you know he, he wrestled but now, he was a world champion in tna exactly so now you know it brings us to the creator of tna the guy that started tna double j jeff jarrett when they announced him yesterday yeah the i was on a couple threads that <laughs> a lot of people not happy with it they don't think he's hall of fame worthy and I was like, you need to take a Am a I allowed step. to swear? Of course. Bullshit. First of all. His whole family deserves to be in it. Every wrestler deserves to be in yeah. because of the sacrifices they make. Jericho yeah. has said that. Yeah. He's like, you don't even know what it's like to go on. Like, as a comedian, I know what it's like to be on the road for 12 weeks. It's not easy. Nope. If I had a family, they'd be gone. You know? But what these guys do is unbelievable. And whether you like Coco Beware or not. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because of everything that he's went through. But here's the thing, though. I will not say Coco doesn't deserve, but my thinking on that curve is maybe certain other people deserve to be there 
before Coco. Like, for example, I'm just going to throw an old, old, old school, the Kangaroos. Mm-hmm. If you remember back in the day, they were a dominant tag team. Yeah. You know, winning the U.S. championship several times, traveling across North America. They wrestled up here in Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. But they're not in the Hall of Fame. No, they're the Australian fabulous Kangaroo Brothers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I sit there and I go, wait a minute, but you put guys like, uh, what, what are they? The Bushwhackers. Yes. And I'm sorry, the Bushwhackers weren't as influential as what the kangaroos were doing back in the 50s and 60s and 70s. So why would you put somebody like that in before somebody like the kangaroos? Which is why I say, but Coco beware. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. No. I don't think he deserves it right now. Yes. Well, with the Bushwhackers, for me, it's like, you know, they mentioned when they went in that they held 138 different titles in their career. And I was as like, the sheep herders. As the sheep herders. Yeah. The Bushwhackers never held a title. In no, and which is why I hate the sheep herders. I mean, the, uh, Bushwhackers. the Bushwhackers. But I loved the sheep, the sheep herders. herders. Oh, my God. I remember when the sheep herders and the Fantastics feuded. Oh! And it was just like carving up little yep. good-looking boys. And yep. it was like... You know, it was such a bloody feud. Well, every yeah. sheep herder feud was bloody. Exactly. Like, they were like uh, two Abdullah the Butchers from Australia or New Zealand. Those were the guys I loved. Yeah. And when they came in the WWE, I was like, oh, my God, Luke and Butcher here. You know, and, then, and they're like, they, they become comedy. Yeah. And char- cartoon characters. Yeah. But kudos to them for not having a blade every night. Kudos to them for having an easier life in the WWE. True. While making money and cashing checks. And you know what? Like, as based on their entire career, of course they deserve to be in. They do. They do deserve. But my only thing is, though, I would love to have seen somebody like the Kangaroos in yes. before them. Mm-hmm. And going in, it's like, you know, Razor Ramon is in, mm-hmm. not Scott Hall. Yes. Scott Hall was the genius. Scott Hall was the guy who fought the WWE and said, hey, I don't want to be this G.I. Joe guy you want to make me in. I want to be Razor Ramon. Scott Hall is the guy who came up with the two sweet. Scott Hall is the guy who told Sting, hey, you know what? You should do this Crow character. Scott Hall knew a lot about wrestling. Yeah. Razor Ramon was just a character. Yeah. So my argument is when you're going in with stuff like that, I think the true essence should go into the Hall of Fame, not what was selling for the WWE at that short period of time. Yeah, exactly. And I think also that, like, you know, like, so when Scott Hall does, like, again, if you, the NWO should go in when they're ready to bring Hulk Hogan back. Yep. And it should be the original three. Yes. Hogan, Nash, and Hall. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. Mind you. You know, there have been yourself included mm-hmm. with the NWO. Uh, you're a member. Yep. Um, you know, you're also a member of the Four Horsemen. Damn right. But of course, Jeff Jarrett was a member of the Four Horsemen. Jeff Jarrett was a member of the NWO. And Jeff Jarrett was a member of the Bullet Club. Yep. And now, who is a member of three factions from three different eras? That's Hall of Fame worthy right there, as far as I'm concerned. And the fact that Jeff Jarrett could still wrestle top notch. Jeff Jarrett could still, if he wanted to go well, to Japan, as long I think as, he would do extremely well. As long as he does not, as long as he shows up sober and he's not ta- passing tortillas out to the Mexicans that yes. are in the crowd. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, now, <laughs> and I want to jump in too, because I think this is really important. The fact that I was watching yesterday, the uh, raw show. Yes. And they were showing, of course, saying that, you know, double J was going in. What bothered me was they concentrated on just that, you know, that double J, you know, you know, ain't I good or whatever it was. And it was like, wait a second, you guys are giving like a 
of his career. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the young Jer- Jeff Jarrett. You USWA. Know? Exactly. Memphis. Exactly. We don't. They're not talking about that. They're talking about his dad. Let's talk about Jerry Jarrett. Exactly. Who, if you and you know this for a fact too, yes. that when Vince McMahon almost went to jail, who was supposed to take over to help with the company? Jerry Jarrett. Exactly. Yeah. So, and you're not even talking about that. You're not even talking about what how he created TNA. The fact that because WCW went down, at least there was another organization for a short time that other wrestlers could go to that make some kind of competition without TNA. And without Jeff Jarrett creating TNA, WWE would not have Bobby Roode. WWE would not have Samoa Joe. WWE would not have AJ Styles. Like there are so many wrestlers that he like he's he should go like he's a builder as well as a talent. Like exactly. And the guys that went to TNA, Christian got to be a world champion in TNA. Uh, You know, there are so many. I had great feuds with Jeff Jarrett while he was there. Yeah. Um, Somebody on a forum said. The sad thing about this is that Kurt Angle's kids and his wife are going to be there for Jeff's induction, but they weren't there for Kurt's. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny that you say that because I kind of, that was another thing I was thinking about going, hmm, I wonder how that's going to jive with all of them. I mean, I've, I've, I've interviewed uh, Kurt Angle before and Angle has said that, no, he's good with Jared. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed Jeff Jared. In fact, uh, I was at when the Fight Club, uh, not Fight Club, the Fight Network mm-hmm. first debuted. They had this big event in Toronto and Jeff Jared was one of the guys who were, was there. And I had a great conversation with them there, too. I think it would all balance out. I think these guys are smart enough to know that business is more important than the personal feelings that might arise. And I think that they will be very subtle, like whoever shows up and whatever else, because whatever has happened has happened. It's in the past. It needs to stay in the past. And I think it's going to be a very important induction. And that's where I'm going to give Triple H the thumbs up because you know it was Triple H. Of course it was. That it wasn't Vince. No, it wasn't Vince because Vince would still be doing his old school, I don't want this person, I don't want that person, whatever else. Yeah. I think this is really important because if you really want to recognize guys who really contribute, and you're right, all wrestlers have contributed to wrestling, but there are a few that did something, maybe something special, and Jeff Jarrett was one of those guys who did something really special mm-hmm. for the industry to help the industry take its next steps. Yeah. And I also think that for me, my favorite Jeff Jarrett uh, was like, okay, so there's certain things that I think that he did in his career yeah. that I think people forget about yeah. that I'm going to bring up right now. Like, number one, okay, yes, he held Vince up for money, but he went up and he gave out a hell of a match to China and put her over and made her look like a monster. And then that and that was fantastic. Yeah. He's also the same guy that did the job and put over David Arquette. Yes. You know, uh, a lot of people forget about that. Now, a lot of people hate that, but you know. But that wasn't his choice. But that wasn't his choice. That was the Booker's, and he went and did it, and he lay down yeah. for a, a television actor, <laughs> not even a, a great television actor. Yeah, exactly. A movie actor, the guy, yeah. you know, the guy that played the doofus in Scream. You know, it's just like, it's just so funny. And I was going to say, and who do you think was the most important person that he put over that needed it the most? Jeepers. Uh, And it's going to be something that we're going to be talking about uh, in a couple of minutes, too. Yeah, yeah, probably. And uh, we're talking about Booker T. Oh, yeah. When he laid down for Hogan, because of all that nonsense, because Hogan and his clauses saying he has to win all the time. Yeah. And then uh, Vince Russo coming out and just letting everybody know. How he felt about Hogan, how he felt about the situation, and then said, okay, Hogan doesn't have the title anymore. We're going to actually have a title match 
with Double J, and we're going to have a Booker T, and he put Booker T over to win the world championship to be the second black uh, African-American, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm going to use black. Yeah. Second black wrestler to win a world championship. Yeah, and that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, he also, okay, this is a big one for me. The night of Over the Edge, the night that Owen Hart passed, Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon made the decision we're going to go on with the show. Yeah. Which must have been very difficult for every wrestler that was in the back, including the next people that had to wrestle the next match. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen that pay-per-view, but if you go back and you watch it, as soon as they're done, they get Owen on the stretcher and they get him out of there, and he's pretty much... He is not looking good. Yeah. They cut to Jeff Jarrett because his match is next. And Jeff Jarrett is there with Deborah, and Deborah's bawling. She's crying. They can't, you know, and Jeff's like, we got no time for tears. We got to go out and we got to do this match and we got to win this and blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, oh, when we're praying for you, pull through, buddy. And it's just, it's, it gives, like, it makes, like, I almost want to cry right now. The fact that he's put in a position and be like, the show's going on. You need to go out and do your job. And then he goes out and does his job. You know, he could have said, I don't feel comfortable doing this. That's my driving partner. That's my room. Like, he, we stay in hotel rooms together. That's my tag team partner. We, you know, like, and he's probably his best friend on the roster. And to put him in that position where he has to go out and put a smile on his face and then put smiles on people's faces in such a doom and gloom moment. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to add to that. If anybody wants to criticize him doing that, I'm going to add something that has nothing to do with wrestling. Celine Dion, when her father passed away, she mm-hmm. was literally just about to do a show. And they told her that her dad passed away. She did the show. Phenomenal show. And then after the show was done, she broke down and cried. Yeah. Because she knew she had to take care of what it was business. She had to take care of those fans who were out there who paid a lot of money to come and see her perform. And that's what she did. Most professionals, that's what they do. They go, okay, I got to make these people happy. And then I'm going to deal with my personal tragedy afterwards. It's the same thing what he did with. And then we move on to the next night. Exactly. The tribute raw to Owen and Jeff Jarrett's in the first match. And he wins the intercontinental title. And, you know, he's like, and Jeff Jarrett's going for the figure four. And then he did not tell anybody this. As he's put on the figure four, he switched his mind up and he put him in the sharpshooter. Yeah. And you can, I got goosebumps. You can hear the commentary. They're like, oh, no, he's going for the figure four. Oh, oh, it's a sharpshooter. And then you can hear them gulp because the emotion. Yeah. You know, and uh, so that's another reason why I want him to go in. Is because of that, because of the jobs that he did, mm-hmm. because of uh, the opportunities that he gave to wrestlers that are stars right now yep. as a builder. And, you know, I'm not biased towards Jeff Jarrett because he did show up in Buffalo wearing a Tennessee Titans jersey after the Music uh, Music City Miracle. You don't get any more heel than that. There you go. You know, and uh, I love slap nuts. Yep. I love don't piss me off. Yep. I you know, I'm a Jeff Jarrett fan. I yeah. you know, life with Mikey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I am I am I'm glad Jeff Jarrett's going in. Yeah. And uh you know, I've done his uh, strut many times. 
And 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 I want to jump in too because uh, if you remember, what DVD was it again that they were making fun of Jeff Jarrett? I think it was a WCW one created by WWE, and uh, they were talking about how Jeff Jarrett was wearing this goofy outfit and this weird walk or whatever. If anybody knows where he got that strut from, what is um, Fargo's? Fargo's, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Fargo brother, he got Jackie it. Fargo, yeah. Jackie Fargo. Jackie Fargo used to do that little strut. Yeah. You know, King of Memphis before Jerry Lawler. Yeah. And of course, of he's course he's Jerry gonna, Lawler's mentor. Exactly. So he of course he's gonna learn that strut from there. So people were making fun of him about this and that, whatever. They don't even realize the guy's putting tradition in your face and you can't even see that. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are like, who's gonna induct him? Who's gonna induct him? I always like who's gonna induct. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, the logical choice. You know, it, it'll probably be Road Dog because they teamed them up when they, and then Road Dog was the first guy that they showed in the interview saying he deserves to be in. Yeah. And maybe, uh, you know, but for me, Jerry Lawler is practically family. Like Jerry and Jarrett, uh, I mean, Jerry and Jerry, the two Jerry's, yeah. Jerry Lawler and Jarrett. Yeah. You know, Jerry, um, his dad is so instrumental in creating characters uh in memphis over the years oh god yeah uh you WWE know. was too busy stealing them the second they became big it was like oh let me take them yeah exactly and you know like um kamala was great Jerry jared's idea great example you know we're gonna we're gonna get some ice fog machines we're gonna film in my backyard we're gonna show him coming we're just gonna say he's african yeah you know uh, uh fantastic yeah he, he was born into the industry he's known jerry lawler his entire life He's wrestled Jerry Lawler of plenty. I would think that Jerry Lawler would induct him. However, it probably will be Road Dog. I'm imagining. But, you know, I, I, who do you think is going to induct Ivory? I absolutely don't know because I'm still a little bit on the fence with Ivory. And the only reason well, why I say that is because, I, I mean, I've met her in the past. She, great person. Um, she She was a good wrestler back then. But when it comes to the women's division, it's hard for me to turn around and go, who deserves to be in there? Who doesn't? It's great that they put her back out there and that people can remember her name and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's just like, if I could sit here and say, what's the one thing I remember that she did in the ring that was so influential? I can't. No, except for the fact that she's came from Glow originally. Yes. Yeah. And she's a pioneer. Yeah. And then she went on to have a good WWE career. Yeah. You know, from being the ivory that we know to a lot of people forget right to censor at the end. Exactly. And that's not, again, that's not her fault. No. Because as you could see, she really developed to be a great wrestler. It's the WWE's fault because they didn't respect the women's wrestling from back back then. Back then. If anything, I'd like to see like, um, and I don't know if they're in or not, the Jumping Bomb Angels. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. I'd like to see that. I think there, there are probably more women wrestlers who didn't wrestle in the WWE that probably deserve to be in than the ones that did. Because, I mean, bra and panty matches? Well, I mean, what's that? Yeah. You know? Um, you know, there are plenty. I, I, I don't know if Leilani Kai is in, in, yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't know if Judy Martin yeah. is and, in the Hall of Fame. And and for folks who who don't know and, and check your history, what these women went through to be wrestlers... Um, check out the stories about Fabulous Moolah, okay? And what Moolah has been accused of doing. Well, she, I, I see this. Okay, so I used to have, so Trish Stratus is, is known as the greatest yes. woman, yeah. right? But when they announced her as the greatest woman in the history of wrestling, the uh-huh. WWE put it at the top 25 list, I said, I, I disagreed with it because 
I put China and Moolah ahead. Mm-hmm. But since then, after learning that Moolah booked all the women yes. and took a big percentage of their paycheck as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, no wonder she keeps about 28 years. Exactly. She's the booker. She's the booker. So I, I'm so disqualified. And and again, folks, I'm going to say something because I don't know if it's true or not. So let me make that clear. But the stories that I've heard was not only that, she tried to prostitute some of these girls from what I've heard from other Crazy. people. So that's why you don't hear a lot of moolah being put in that you know, great yeah. position because now, because we have social media, now that wrestlers are telling their stories, what these women went through because of Moolah. And again, this is what I've heard. Yeah. So don't try suing me. This is what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like, it's, it's madness, you yeah. know, but China needs to go in. And if oh, you notice uh, yeah. last night, they did not show any clips of his tag titles with Owen and yep. they did not show him losing or wrestling China. And, uh, it's very sad because when I met Jeff Jarrett one time at a TNA uh, house show at the Rico, which yeah, is yeah, over our shoulders. Yeah, I remember the show. Uh, Kurt Angle was uh, versus Mr. Kennedy was the headliner. Jeff Jarrett was there uh, at the halftime mm-hmm. where you can go buy shirts or whatever. And he yep. was just doing autograph signings. And I just went, he, I was wearing a Macho Man shirt. And he's like, great shirt. I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, I guess, <laughs> I guess you Memphis guys all stick together. And he sort of laughed, and then, and I said, I really, um, I really, really loved you and Owen as a team. I really thought you guys were so great together. And out of all of Owen's tag team partners, aside from Bulldog, mm-hmm. I think him and Jeff Jarrett blended so well. They did. Because they're both second-generation wrestlers. They both look a little like each other, and they wrestle the same, and they have similar moves, and... They were so good together. So as far as Ivory's induction goes in, I would think that because they're acknowledging Glow, mm-hmm. this is a celebrity moment, and maybe they'll bring in like Allison Brie to induct her or something like that. Yeah, you're probably right. Somebody that's maybe Mark Marin. Who knows? Maybe somebody from Glow will come in. Actually, it would be nice if they brought in Awesome Kong. That's who I would probably say Awesome Kong from. You know, though she plays the welfare queen. Yeah. You know, bring her in. And also put her in next year. If anybody else, if I had to say from Glow too, I would agree with you because she transcended away from Glow. I mean, she was being on, she was on TV shows, uh, she was uh, interview shows. She would be on that. Mm-hmm. She had this really great chemistry and being able to speak to people. I remember at one point, what did she do? She said she used to be uh, she was related to Attila the Hun, and she had the papers to prove it. You know, <laughs> I mean, all these crazy things. But yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I don't have a problem with her being in no. the uh, the Hall of Fame. But yeah, when it comes to the women's stuff, it's it's hard to figure out who should be in and who shouldn't. Uh, who inducts the Dudleys? Paul Heyman? I would hope so, since he's so. the one who gave them the start. Yeah, I would think you know, so, too. He opened up the doors for or, them. Or maybe, or maybe Daddy Dudley comes home. <laughs> maybe, finally. Big Daddy um, Dudley. If, uh, if not, well, it's usually a WWE guy that does it, yeah. so... Heyman is still part of the WWE. I would think it's going to be Paul Heyman. So, yeah. Goldberg, I would think uh, Goldberg, uh, you know, maybe Eric Bischoff. Maybe Eric Bischoff, maybe Triple H. I don't think Triple H. I just think uh, it's got to be somebody more WCW related, I think. Then it would be, then I would go with uh, Bischoff because, again, you know, Bischoff recognized Maybe DDP. Maybe DDP. Hell, wouldn't even surprise me if Austin didn't do it. 
Yeah, that um, would be interesting. Yeah. And who is, uh, so Jeff Jarrett, uh, Ivory, Dudley's. That's it. Who do you, so rumors are Kid Rock is going in because they're using his music for WrestleMania anyways. He's made many, many WrestleMania appearances. Uh, so Kid Rock makes sense to go into the celebrity wing. Yeah. I get it. Donald Trump needs some friends uh, <laughs> in, in the hall of fame. And uh, I just think that it bothers me that Andy Kaufman is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. Especially after you see the movie and realizing all the things that he did. Yeah. And you didn't realize it. He absolutely deserves it. Well, a lot of people don't know that he, for nine months while Hollywood, like, it's not like now. Where 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 John Stewart can get in the ring, or Ben Stiller can get in the ring, or or the star of Arrow can get in the ring and wrestle matches, and everybody's fine with it. The crossovers between mainstream entertainment and WWE happen all the time, but Andy Kaufman was shunned from Hollywood. They were like, "What are you doing with this wrestling stuff? It's ridiculous." You know, he could like, but he's his whole comedy career was all about fooling people and misdirection and it was all wrestling inspired he so you know what to this day i remember saying no this 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 shit's real this is what's really and i keep watching it now too and i keep going man they fooled me because i really thought lala was you know beating the, the hell out of oh, yeah. kind of thing no clue that they were both in on it um i love it where andy like bob zamuda was the ref yeah Bob Zamuda's like, Andy, Jerry says to get up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes back to Jerry. He's like, Andy doesn't want to get up. Andy wants an ambulance. He's like, what? Ambulance? That's going to be like $300. And he goes, and then Bob Zamuda goes back to Andy. He says it's going to be $300. If you want an ambulance, so you have to pay for it. And he's like, I'll pay for the ambulance. Get me an ambulance. And then... Andy goes, he takes the ambulance out. It, and Andy made the right call. Because yes, that he did. made it more real. Yes, he did. But he stayed three days in the hospital in traction. Yep. Faking a neck injury. But that's what wrestlers do. That's what real wrestlers do. The fake their injuries, they would, you know, like, uh, what was it? The Sandman. When he was injured, he stayed in the house for days. Yeah. His wife would come to the door to, to you know, talk to people, whatever else. A junkyard dog, when he was blinded by Michael Hayes, he yeah. had the eye patch on, and that's what all he was seen was with the eye patch. Guys who, who truly believed in the sport will go to the biggest lengths mm-hmm. to show that, yes, I am injured, even though they weren't. Now, of course, um, this month being Black History Month. Yes. Um, you know, and and, and and there's more black history than just the Black Panther breaking records uh, at movie theaters. By the way, I saw the movie Great Flick. I have not seen it yet. Great because Flick. Because I'm, I'm, well, I, I don't know why I'm so upset about it. <laughs> it's just, I just really think that the white people that made this movie purposely put it out during Black History Month. <laughs> and it's like, and everybody, everybody is like... Well, now we have a black hero. I'm like, this whole month's about celebrating black heroes, real ones. And yeah. then and then it's just like, people are saying, no, this is our first black superhero. And I'm like, no, how many not. movies does the fucking Rock have to make before he's And, and people Blade. have to remember Blade, Storm. Um, lots, lots. Yeah. There have been lots of movies. There, there have. I think it's just, let's just put it this way. See the movie, make your opinion. All I'm going to say is, I, I know loved it's going to be great. I loved the movie, and I'm glad they took the approach 
that they did take with this. FYI, don't forget Luke Cage, Power Man 2 from the Netflix series. Luke Cage uh, is amazing. I so, love him. yeah, there are... Even, there Sh- are, even Shaft went to Africa. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, so there are super... There are black superhero characters that have been out before Black Panther. The thing I'm just happy about is the approach they, they took with this movie yeah. and made it so strong to and and a lot of people um as myself walked out of it and felt pride because it wasn't like man this isn't a ghetto movie this isn't some movie where you know we got to you know dance and laugh and any of this other nonsense that hollywood sometimes tries to sneak in even to this day yeah. this was just pure pride in there nobody the fact that you had a king sitting there yeah that's what made the difference and nobody and, and they're not putting any uh male black actors no. in dresses exactly so which is, which is uh i love that dave chappelle that was one of the reasons why he left he's like i don't want to wear a dress there you go and he's like he's like they're always he's like look at every look at every major black actor at some point they put him in drag to yeah. demasculate him exactly and uh it's the truth it is the truth because you go back and they're all like jeepers it, it, it's insane yeah the, uh, the number of uh, famous black actors who have but you know at some point though they're like there's no this is the first black superhero samuel jackson's like i was a motherfucking jedi knight there you go <laughs> no exactly Exactly. So, you know, chill with all that. But I still would say go see the movie. I can't wait to see it. I loved it. And I would honestly say to see it on the big screen. So today we have compiled our list of top 10 greatest African-American black wrestlers to be just to say this top 10, although it goes to the ratings. I don't think the ratings are important in this. No, I just think these are, you know, we're going to have a list of 10 great black wrestlers because uh, that that set the trend and yeah. uh, and carried the torch and uh, and their importance in in the history of wrestling. But I kind of cheated a little bit. I did a top 10 and then I had to do a bunch of honorable mentions. That's all right. To. Did you, did you put Akeem in your honorable mentions? Because I no, I'm joking. Akeem. Uh, okay, because I was actually going to say if we could ever do another show on the bullshit <laughs> insulting Black History Month, you can put Akeem at number one. Well, Slick at number two. Well, my friend, uh, who, Ken Reed from uh-huh. Sportsnet, who was on the show, said yeah. Slick is the greatest manager of all time. Oh, Lord Almighty. Because he's the only manager where his wrestlers came into his music. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even going to, I'm leaving that one alone. Because if you ever want to get into that, we will. But maybe this isn't the show to do it. But no. I've got my. I've got my list. Oh, and yeah. uh, you've already said someone on your, on, that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that I overlooked. And I can't believe I overlooked them. Uh, but so I'm going to start. We'll go two at a time. Sure. And I'm going to start with my first two at 10 and 9. Uh, number 10, Bobo Brazil. Uh, he's on my list. And uh, and number 9, Abdullah the Butcher. On my list. For those of you who don't know, Bobo Brazil was uh, one of the first high flyers and uh, uh, master of the headbutt. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, uh, he, his, his, he wrestled in bare feet. Uh, his, his matches were, he was a big guy. His matches were always entertaining. I've watched a few of them um, over the years. He didn't always wrestle barefoot, because uh, I remember him wrestling with boots. You remember him with boots? With boots, especially when he was the U.S. champion, and he always wrestled against the Sheik. Oh, that's great. And yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, Fanfaro Furpo? What the hell is his name? Something like that. From uh, Argentina. Uh, Rocca? Antonio, no, 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 I'm totally wrong. It was Fanfaro. I'm probably saying the name wrong. Fanfaro Furpo. Anybody out there can remember? He used to have this little shrunken head. Oh, yeah. And he had all this hair, and he'd always go, oh, yeah. 
now and I know, then talking about beating yeah. up his opponents. Abdullah the Butcher, a lot of people don't know this, is uh, uh, he's not a butcher. Nope. Uh, he's from Windsor, Ontario. Yep. And uh, so he's Canadian, so he's pretty high on my He's on there because he's a WWE Hall of Fame member, despite never being in the WWE. And he was known internationally everywhere he went. And when you saw him, you were afraid. He was yes. a monster. Yeah. He would and, carve you up. And that's one of the reasons why I had him on my list, because I was looking at guys who were influential and having to also deal with, and, and, and people don't think about this, black wrestlers having to travel around the U.S., especially in the South. Um, yes. And having to deal with promoters who are racist, having to try to get into hotels, just driving somewhere, having to deal with mm-hmm. racist police, um, and then having to wrestle against wrestlers who are also racist. Yes. Dick Murdoch has been famous for if he wrestled against a black wrestler, he'd hit him a little bit harder. Yeah. Stories I've heard. Andre, Andre the Giant, who is, you know, the gentle giant, whatever else, stories have come out. Uh, saying that he was also racist. He would use the N-word all the time. Oh, yeah. And certain guys would, like somebody who's also on my list, Bad News Allen, would challenge him, you know, yes. and tell him. Well, there's a famous story about about them getting off the bus. Yes. And they're like, and Bad News Brown wanted to, like, take Andre out. And uh, Bad News Brown was bad news. Exactly. He was, he was a legit... Tough motherfucker. Exactly. Uh, he was a judo expert. He was an Olympian. Exactly. He was someone that you did not want to mess with. No, not at all. And I just want to throw in very quickly. The reason why Abdullah's on my list for there was when you think about all that, all that, most of the guys were good guys. There were guys who, you know, catered to the crowd. Some which bothered the hell out of me would dance and do these things. Abdullah, as you said, was feared. So the fact that he would make these guys scared shitless, yeah. I thought was great because it was like if there's a black guy I'm not gonna mess with, I ain't messing with him because he's gonna carve my ass. No, up. no, I don't. I wouldn't even let them carve the turkey. Thanks, dude. There you go. Uh, so, who do you have for your uh, ten and nine? Uh, hey, well, here's the thing. I don't really have a ten and nine because again, that was really hard for me to mm. do. So I'm just gonna throw names out okay. there to you. Uh, Ernie Ladd. Ernie the Cat Ladd. Ernie Ladd is on my list. Yeah. The reason why I put Ernie Ladd in there is because here's a guy who played football. Who uh, also wrestled, went into wrestling because he knew, yeah, at the same time, but he knew that he'd make more money from there. But the thing that was most important was not only was he a multi-champion everywhere he ran, especially with uh, the tape thumb that Mm -hmm. he'd stick in the neck and everything. He was a civil rights uh, activist. Uh, People don't know about that. Plus, he was one of the few black uh, individuals who was also a booker. Yes. That they had to keep in secret. Yes. Because guys would not, res- you know, wouldn't listen to him. They knew that he was yeah. the booker. Yeah, he was running the territory. He was running the territory. He yeah. was an intelligent guy. And honestly, growing up, he was actually one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Big six seven six eight guy. Giant. Wrestling against Andre the Giant. And let's face it, if Andre, as big as Andre was, if Andre got out of line with, with Ernie Ladd, Ladd would have killed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Because he's, he's football tough. And the other person I want to throw out there from Toronto, Sweet Daddy Seeky. Well, you that's so funny because you just hit my next two. There you go. Sweet Daddy Seeky and Ernie Ladd are my are my eight and seven. There you go. Sweet Daddy Seeky. Let's face it. Everybody knows about Ric Flair. If you wanted to know the person who was kind of like the nature boy for uh, being black, it would have been Sweet Daddy Seeky. He had the mirrors. He had the bleach blonde hair. You know. He had the walk. 
Um, he would have two mirrors. He would look at the front and the back of his hair, too. He had the cape, but, man, the guy could wrestle. He was the gorgeous George Absolutely. of the black community. Yep. You know, long before Butch Reed had blonde hair. Yep. Uh, which was a, 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 like a tribute to Sweet Daddy Seeky to yep. give him the blonde hair, I do believe. Uh, in 1985, I went to my first wrestling match mm-hmm. when I, I was a kid. Uh, the, the main event was uh, a tag team involving Angelo Mosca and uh and some other people jet the body star whoever that was but whatever but the only thing there are two things i remember actually i remember visuals and moments Mm -hmm. i don't remember i remember the zamboni driver wrestling the bear uh that was something i couldn't understand why don't you go off the ropes why don't you go off the top rope you can't expect that he's a bear you know like i don't understand he's trying to take the bear head on and the bear's just like throwing him around yeah and the bear's got a muzzle and he's declawed but seriously go off the ropes like (laughs) The bear ain't going to expect that, you know. Uh, do a little duck or under, duck around, you know, give him a groin shot. Do something. Uh, you know, so I remember saying, like, I don't understand why he's not going off. I remember as, as a kid, I was upset that the Zamboni driver would not go off the ropes. Uh, uh, other things I remember, I remember the uh, Sheena, the voodoo queen. Yes. Now, Sheena was wrestling uh, a, a good-looking blonde girl. But this girl, she was a bigger black woman. She had uh, makeup on, sort of like Kamala. And uh, she came out. And I remember her big thing was she'd slap her ass and then, like, put her hand out towards you. Like, <laughs> like that's my ass. That's my ass. You know? And I just remember, like, oh, I remember I used to, I was at the schoolyard doing that to my friends the next <laughs> couple of days. And I'm in grade five at this point, right? Uh-huh. But the... The person that had the uh, Ricky Johnson wrestled uh, the Sheik, the original Sheik from that was Detroit. A, yeah, I, yeah I remember. Ricky was, uh, you know, the the a little bit smaller than Rocky, mm-hmm. but uh, still looked like Rocky Johnson because it is his brother. Yep, and he is the Rock's uncle. Um, but the person I remember the most, and I remember just his ring entrance. And it was Sweet Daddy Seeky. Yeah. Because this man, like you described him, the blonde afro, yeah. the the big glasses, yep. the Elton John glasses, the two mirrors, the cape. I was like, I'm glad you hit the cape. Yep. You know. James Brown style cape. James Brown style cape. But a body that was rock solid and he looked great. And his entrance took forever. Exactly. Forever. <laughs> and the things that were yelled at him, like, not only in the South. In, yeah. Like, um, I know my buddy Mark Walker has talked to Sweet Daddy Seeky, like, just, just went to him and said, hey, I used to watch you and wrestle in the Maritimes when I was a kid, and I just want to thank you. And 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 he was and he was like, oh, where are you from? And he goes, oh, I don't really want to say, but um, Truro, Nova Scotia. And Sweet Daddy Seeky goes, oh. Tough crowds, tough crowds, and they do not like black people in Toronto. Like, you know, the, and that's another thing. The stuff that they had, the slanders and everything that they yelled at them, oh, like, absolutely. like you already said, that, like, can you imagine going to the ring and all you're hearing is the N word yelled at you yep. and, and like the rage and the, uh, you know, it's like when Ric Flair, I think he went down to uh, the Dominican mm-hmm. and he was wrestling somebody down the Dominican. And um, the crowd was so hostile. Ric Flair said, uh, you're, you're not going over tonight. I have to keep the title because I need to get out of here alive. You know, I don't yeah. want to get lynched or whatever. You know, so it's crazy and, and something like that. So, um, so yeah. Nat, who do you, so we, I have a Sweet Daddy yep. and Ernie Ladd. Yep. Who do you have as your next two on your list? 
I okay. We already talked about Booker T. Well, we haven't. Yeah, we. Well, you mentioned him, but we talk about Booker T now. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about Booker T. Who um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw two names out: Booker T. and Ron Simmons. Yes. Uh, back to back. Uh, you know, world champions. Something I have to make mention very quickly because we talked about Bobo Brazil. Bobo Brazil actually did win the NWA World Championship, but mm. he had to give the title back. I can't remember who he had wrestled, but there was something where he actually had the belt and they were actually thinking about keeping the belt on him because for the longest time they were thinking about, well, maybe because Bobo had such an Charisma. appeal. Yeah, yeah uh, charisma uh, in the United States. They were thinking about giving it to him, but they changed it up. So it's never been officially in the history books that he did win. So unofficially, he was actually the first black world champion. But the fact with Booker T, you could see that when he was with Harlem Heat with his brother, you could tell he was the standout. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he could talk. He, you know, he could move. He had the, he had a lot of charisma. Ron Simmons, I remember meeting Ron Simmons years ago before he had won the world championship. And such a nice guy. I remember asking him, uh, what's your favorite sport? I think he's going to talk about football or wrestling. Talked about fishing. Yeah. So he loved fishing, you know? And uh, he talked about wanting to be a role model and stuff like that. But then you hear the stories about him backstage where it's like, Ron Simmons doesn't work out. Ron Simmons can go and push 600 pounds bench Without a problem. Yeah. And he barely works out. Or the best story, uh, hearing about um, how the Steiner brothers would pick on everybody, but they wouldn't touch Ron Simmons. No. And Flair, I think it was either Flair or Arn Anderson, who said to him, quote, unquote, well, why don't these guys ever fuck with you? And Ron just looked at him and said, because I'm unfuckable. Yeah. One of the true tough guys that you did not want to screw with no. or else he would hurt you. And it was great. If he could only talk... And bring, you know, talk yeah. people in the seats, he would have been awesome. He wasn't good at that. No. But he had the body, he could wrestle, he had the charisma, and, you know, tagging up with uh, Butch Reed and, Butch Doom, Reed and Doom, which I thought was. With woman. With woman, I thought was absolutely brilliant. I think it was needed. Yeah. But, you and know, you knew who were under those masks. Exactly. Like, you, you know, knew Butch Reed did, yeah. Exactly. And it was it off to him. But that was very, you know, uh, Ron was very young in his career at that point, I yeah. do believe. And, uh, and it was kind of like Butch. Kind of taking him under his wing, exactly. And we're throwing on, we're going to throw masks on him because Butch Reed is highly recognizable at that yeah. point in his career. He'd already had his WWE run. But the great thing about Ron Simmons is that the NCAA does not retire. Colleges don't retire numbers. Yeah. But Ron Simmons was such a beast for Florida State Seminoles. Bobby Bowden, the the, the coach, has said his favorite player of all time, and he's coached a lot of NFL Hall of Famers. Uh, was Ron Simmons and uh, Ron Simmons number fifty? That number is retired. Nobody yep. can wear his number in Florida State, uh, which is it, it, which is insane. Yep, the locker's got the big glass on it and everything, so and they can't touch it. So Ron Simmons just—it makes sense. Like in Florida, he's got to be a fan favorite. Yeah, and that's where he came out. He yeah. came out of you know uh, the Florida territory and then moved up into the south and stuff like that but not only that but his career you know as ron simmons was great but then when he got to the wwe and they packaged him as farouk now first it was uh, which farouk which, yeah the, which the, farouk with the, the blue egg head was not oh. sunny not but the minute they became the nation of domination mm -hmm. and he be, they, you know basically like the wwe's uh answer to the black panthers yeah the actual black panthers yeah this is what the nation of domination was, uh, and Farouk was the leader, even throughout the entire thing. No matter who was in there, 
Uh, and I love including Owen, including <laughs> Owen. Uh, well, he was the black heart, so it made sense, you know. He's he's black at heart, you know. And but the uh, but Ron Simmons was always great. I remember uh, two nights after the screw job when I was in Cornwall and I was backstage. He came out and he was like, "Damn, it's cold," you know. And he was with uh, Ahmed Johnson, who has had the biggest back. I'd ever seen in my life. And the hardest freaking arms that look like literally somebody took cement and just. Yeah. He was like, there are guys that are, there are wrestlers that are big, you know, like, like I've got a picture with Danny Boy Smith. We're the same height. Yeah. We're, we're probably the same weight. Yeah. Except he's built way better. Yeah. But you know, Ahmed Johnson was a big motherfucker. He's a beast. Yeah. He was, he was, I didn't, and he just doesn't look friendly at all. No. But Farouk was like complaining about how cold it was. And I was like, oh, come on. You played in the CFL. You, you've been in this cold before. He's like, I don't remember it being this cold. You know? And, uh, was, and you're not, I want to make things really clear. You're not making fun of him. That's how he talks. Yeah. Oh, no. He's got that deep voice. Yeah. Like, and when he says, damn, like that's, he said, damn, it's cold. Like, yeah. so uh, Ron Simmons is fantastic. And he is, uh, he's on my list. He's pretty high up on my list. Yeah. My next uh, two, uh, we've already mentioned one, one, and one is tied because they were a tag team. Mm-hmm. The Soul uh, Soul Patrol. Yeah, it was Soul Patrol. Uh, WWF yeah. or WWWF, I think. No, it was WWF. Yes. One of two. Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas, yep. USA, Tony Atlas. Great wrestlers. The first, um, you know, in the WWF, at least the first African-American tag team yep. uh, to travel through the U.S., and these guys are, are black, you know, they're not like uh, the rock, you know, it's Rocky Johnson. He, they, they're, you know, definitely, definitely black. And then after them, I have, um, bad news Brown as well as you listed because yep. here at bad news, you, whether he's bad news Brown or bad news, Allen, the guy was always a great villain everywhere. He went tough as nails, tougher than nails. I'll say that, you know, I'm, I'm talking nails, the wrestler and, um, you know, just an amazing talent. We watched him wrestle Hogan on Saturday night's main event not too long ago, where he was like, he called his shot, which you shouldn't do when you're, when you're wrestling somebody. He's like, get a blaster time. <laughs> and then Hogan just ducked it. Like, and it's not, I don't know why they had to call it. It's, that's the WWE being a little bit of like, oh, it's going to be a ghetto blaster because you're blasting the them and you're from the ghetto. Fight. Yeah, and yeah. it's also a radio. So, uh, you know, ghetto blaster. It's like, it's just an insiguri, a rabbit killer, a, yeah. a kick to the back of the head. But Bad News Brown is great. There's a great story about Bad News Brown when he was with Stampede after his WWE run. And, uh, you know, first of all, in WrestleMania 4, I don't know why Bret Hart trusted bad news brown in that match <laughs> they had a history they've had ladder matches in the early 80s mm-hmm. they were not friends and for brett to like think of course and then brett showed his poor sportsmanship as he's done many times through his career by coming in and wrecking the trophy that bad news brown so hardly earned uh, rightfully deserved but there's one story where <laughs> so it's in uh heath mccoy's book uh of stampede wrestling called pain and passion and there's a story about a, a rookie stampede wrestler, and they're on a road trip, and they're in the vehicle. And somebody said, you know, well, and Bad News Brown did not associate with the talent. He just sat up front, he read newspapers, had his glasses on, did not want to be bothered. So one of the, they told this rookie, they're like, you know, his son is a, like a classically trained 
pianist. He tours the world playing piano for like big orchestras and stuff. I'm like, really? And he's like, he's really proud about it, but he never talks about it because nobody knows. So this guy goes up to get brownie points and sits down beside him and uh, says, so I, I've heard that your son is a classically trained pianist and he's one of the world's greatest piano players. He's like, my son has no hands. My son has no hands. <laughs> or he has no fingers. Oh or he has God, no hands. Rib. <laughs> oh, and the guys in the back of the body go, you better get the hell out of here, boy. Stop a hole in your ass. Like, it's just insane. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, it was a rib. Oh um, so who do you have for your next two? Okay, well, I'm going to throw it. Well, you were talking about tag teams. Yes. Back in the day, there was a team, and hopefully you remember the name, Jerry and Eddie Morrow. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Morrow brothers that were from Martinique. When I was growing up, I used to watch more of Eddie, but then Jerry, of course, being in Stampede Wrestling, wrestled yeah. over in Vancouver. These guys were really good. They were built great. They were flexible. They moved around. If you ever saw, like, you know, we talked about um, Rocky Johnson, the way he would move mm-hmm. around. That's the way these two used to bounce around and well, stuff. Well, Jerry Morrow, I know, was part of Karachi Vice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe he was with the other Morrow at the same time. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, because they had won, I do believe they won the, uh, well, what did they have? The international tag team mm-hmm. titles, I think 11 different times. So they were really great. Another person, oh, so overlooked, Jacqueline. Oh, yes, of course. And she's, did she go to the Hall of Fame? Yes, she did go to Hall of Fame. She did go to the Hall of Fame. And she just recently wrestled in the Royal Rumble the, and, yeah, was, she did. and looked good. And, and the reason why I say that is because if you really think of a, a black female wrestler who was as successful as she, I mean, she was tough as nails. She beat Disco you know? Inferno. She wrestled men in WCW. She wrestled men. Again, knowing what she would have to have dealt with, with what women wrestlers were dealing with, and being black too. I mean, I, like, I haven't heard any stories yet. I'm dying to hear more stories, but I can only imagine the stuff that she had to go through just to get some kind of success. Mm. And then, of course, as everybody probably knows, the whole thing with her top come flying off. Yeah, that was a great pay-per-view. Know, well, she was up was, top on the shoulders. Yeah. And her top just busted out. Busted out. Busted you know. loose, I guess, would be a better there you word. Go. <laughs> but, um, you know, she's, she's also trained wrestlers, too. And I think great, great influence. Yes. Great influence. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, you can keep going. Keep going, man. My next two, I have uh, Mark Henry. Long, long career in the WWE. Every, and, but you is know, it a memorable career? I, 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 well, I, cause, well, he ended memorably. Because the House of Pain was what he should have always been. But remember, House of Pain wasn't his uh, idea. No, of they course it wasn't. They put that on him. Yeah, because but, it was um, somebody else actually came up with the idea and they wouldn't give it to him. And I can't remember who the wrestler is. Because the idea of of, of him, like, he had played the soft romantic guy. He oh, was yeah, sexual chocolate, chocolate. Yeah, sexual chocolate. You know, he'd, he'd been some, he was the Olympian. He came in at Kurt Angle's music originally. Yeah. Like, they'd, they'd packaged him over and over and over again. But it wasn't until this last bunch of years where they made him just a monster where he could go in and beat everybody and he had that House of Pain gimmick but, but, and I thought it was great. But remember too, the reason why they did that whole sexual chocolate thing was they were trying to get him to quit. Really? Yeah, that is true. They, I did not know that. Because they thought basically, because they gave him this long-term solid contract. And yeah, they like realized 20 they years, yeah. Yeah, and they weren't getting anything out of it. So they started embarrassing him, hoping that he would just quit and he wouldn't. No. So they had to 
finally starts shift. That's why he did the whole thing with, you know, uh, what was it, May Young? May Young. And- you know, in bed and everything, and uh, he just wouldn't quit. You know, no. he wouldn't stop. So, but I'm trying to remember. Somebody else was, oh, it was, um, oh, God, what's his name who ended up failing really badly? He ended up being one of the Funkadactos. Oh, um, Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay actually came up with with that whole thing, uh, House of Pain or whatever, and they wouldn't let him use that. They gave it to Mark Henry, and yeah. then that's when Mark Henry became that dominant force. That's that's insane. I never heard that before. So then, my number uh, th- my number three, uh, probably my favorite um, black wrestler of all time, the JYD Junkyard Dog, Big Daddy uh, Ritter. Why, 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 what was it about JYD you loved? Just instant charisma, the big smile, the big smile, the headbutts, the. You know, uh, he was huge, and he was Hulk Hogan's partner. He was Hulk Hogan's friend. Like so, uh, I remember watching him on those early main events. And then um, I always heard about how over he was in the mid south. Like he was the first black wrestler that the racist white people actually accepted. They loved him. And uh, when I had Ted DiBiase on, I specifically asked him. How over was the junkyard dog in the mid south? Because I've always heard he was so over. He's like, and he's like, white people loved him, black people loved him, everybody loved him. He was my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding. They were looking for a new heel, and I went in and I, uh, I said, I got your new heel, and they said, who? And he goes, it's me. And he's like, how? And he's like, and then he laid out the whole story on how he was going to turn on junkyard dog, and. Uh, you know, and that's where Teddy DiBiase started wearing his black glove because when he went heel, and the uh, I, just him talking about the JYD and the junkyard dog, you could tell that he really had the utmost respect. You could tell that he also missed him. A lot of wrestlers have had tragic deaths, mm-hmm. but a lot of the wrestlers' tragic deaths have been brought on by themselves. Driving home from your daughter's graduation and tired and falling asleep at the wheel, it's a sad 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 way to go i agree and uh but when i was a kid man the junkyard dog you know and and yeah you know they're like he's gonna go out and shuck and jive and whatever and whatnot i didn't know i didn't i didn't mind it i i I knew you know you come out to another one bites the dust or then the game grab grab the cake grab my cakes yeah you know i just i just loved the junkyard dog and then he left uh wwe and all of a sudden he goes into wcw his first big match against Ric Flair, and he beats Ric Flair in a non-title match. And, like, oh, my God, I remember my friends were making fun of me. They're like, because I was also a big Ric Flair fan, but by, by the time I was done with the Junkyard Dog, yeah, you know, my friends are like, oh, Ric Flair lost to the JYD. <laughs> He's like, the WWE had no use for him anymore. The guy's so old, you know. But, uh, you know, I look back at his uh, match against uh, WrestleMania three with Harley Race. It was entertaining. Uh, you know, his, 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 you know, the big thump, I always loved his body slam because as he was like, he, most guys just do the body slam, but he would bring him up and hold him in that launch position. And he would always, uh, switch his hand movement on it. And then he would, it became a bit of a power slam. And he added torque to it. And, uh, I loved his, that finisher. And, uh, yeah. So the junkyard dog, just for me. Was was a big deal. I want to throw in. See, my thing is, 
Mid-South, JYD, loved him. Mm-hmm. WWF, JYD, not a fan. I didn't like the juking and jiving. I no. didn't like him bringing the kids in and doing that little dance because it's like, again, as a black person, you're going, why is it every time they've got this uh, a black wrestler, he's got to dance or he's got to act like that? You know, it's like, come yeah. on, let's stop the nonsense. When he was in Mid-South, he was a dominant character. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, the fact that Hacksaw Jim Duggan would say that if you watch the Mid-South uh, DVD that WWE put out, talking about how when, you know, even before the matches start, the crowd would be going, who that? Who that? Who going to dunk JYD yes. going to beat tonight? Yes. Now, yes. Ted DiBiase also said that, too. He's like, you know how the New Orleans Saints say, who dat? Who dat? He's like, they didn't start that. The Junkyard Dog started that. Yeah. That's been around since the JYD in the early 80s. And and I love, now I love telling Saints fans, I'm like, <laughs> you know the who dad is stolen. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's stolen. It's not even theirs. No. They're no Saints. They took it from the JYD. JYD. And, and you know, when I was reading the magazines, of course, because I didn't get Mid-South, I would read it through the magazines. Yes. The fact of, uh, you know, the, the feud he had with... Um, uh, who I'm thinking of, Michael Hayes, when you know, we talked about earlier going blind, it, it was such a massive match and people were crying and stuff like that. Uh, the fact that he in the mid south he brought in this, this respect, mm-hmm. you know, because he was fighting for himself, he was fighting in a lot of ways, he was fighting for his race and he was fighting for his people and he, not just his people, but people in general. Mm-hmm. And that was the old thing, he brought people together with that crazy charisma even though he couldn't wrestle worth shit if you really looked at the way he fought that's what they would say he'd have to wrestle like five minutes and get him out of the ring because he didn't have that many moves no no but uh he was able to bring people into the seats and you got to give um uh what's his name credit uh who ran the mid-south that would have been um who did run uh what the hell is his name no 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 i can see him in my head well well, if i remember his name i'll I'll come back to it but the fact of giving uh a black wrestler that type of opportunity i thought was yeah amazing so yeah no argument there who else you got man uh my last two uh ron simmons obviously we already talked about him and uh dwayne the rock johnson (sighs) you know i purposely left dwayne out of the uh off the list. He's not as black. No, as black, no, 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 no. Because he's because he's he's opened up massive doors. Yes, massive doors for everybody. I thought of, it's funny. I wanted to think about who are the guys who opened up doors, but in a harder reality. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't put him on the list. He deserves to be on the list. Yeah, but I purposely did not put him on my list because uh, I wanted to really go. Yeah. Go well, back, I was like, debated, debating whether he would make my list or not because, you know, um, Booker T is noticeably missing now that you I, – I just overlooked Booker T. I, maybe it's because recently he hasn't been on because he the, the Corey Graves Booker T thing. <laughs> uh, Which you found out was fake. Is that fake? It's fake. Oh. They actually get back together. Listen to his podcast. They get back together and they actually talk about that. Hey, we were just throwing this. Oh, it's this a work. Stuff out. It's God a work. damn it. It's a um, they, There are a lot of guys that people don't know, like that were good, like Iceman Parsons. Uh, he was he was a really solid wrestler in the USWA yep. and uh, Mid South as well. 
uh, who else? Uh, Too Cold Scorpio. Too Cold Scorpio. Jeepers. Flash Funk. Yes. Yeah. Ah, totally. I, I refuse to say Flash Funk. Too, no, cold, too cold Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah. Uh, amazing wrestler. Couldn't talk people into the seats, but man, he had he could he could wrestle. Yeah. You know, amazing, amazing. Uh, I'm gonna throw out some other names too. Kamala. I'm gonna put Kamala, Kamala in there, 100%. and the reason why is I hated this character, but he stood up to Andre the Giant. Yeah. So I will give him. I will definitely give him that. Uh, Sailor R. Thompson. Uh, bodybuilder back in the day. He was the WWA world champion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, this is like 50s and 60s, so you know the stuff that he had to deal with. Uh, Rufus Freight Train Jones. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. People talk about... Also Rufus R. Jones. And Rufus R. Jones. People talk about... Uh, the you know Dusty Rhodes or whatever. Well, Dusty stole that stuff from guys like Rufus R. Jones and Thunderbolt Patterson. Yeah, you know Thunderbolt Patterson was the original Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Thunderbolt Patterson says Dusty Rhodes stole my the, you know all the stuff they used to do. Dusty never admitted to it, but people know. People know. Well, wrestling. that's what wrestling is. There's so many wrestlers that borrowed and stole ideas like left, right, and center and, and gimmicks. You know, like. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's the perfect example. Well, exactly. He's superstar Billy Graham. Exactly. And know? then if you want to throw in SD Jones, you can throw him in there too. You don't want to forget about him. The fact that he was the uh, first guy to lose uh, uh, on WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> first WrestleMania yeah. uh, match and he lost to King Kong Bundy. In nine seconds. In yeah. nine seconds. But, uh, you know, I think this is really important for people to realize too that there are so many... Um, if you want to say African-American, black wrestlers, whatever term you want to use, I like to use the term black, that have really opened up the doors uh, for so many of the athletes today. I mean, you can even throw in Brickhouse Brown, too. Oh, yeah. These guys had to deal with some of the most racist storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brickhouse Brown, good, uh, perfect example, when he was with the Fuller family. Miss Southern Wrestling, I do believe, I could be wrong, and how he was part of that uh, the stud stable. And how they were like, yeah, we love what you're doing with us, and we got a present for you. And they gave him a watermelon. Yeah. You know? And, of course, that starts up a big feud and stuff like that. Junkyard dog being tarred and feathered. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, just... And then, of course, having to juke and jive and dance. And and some of those elements are still in today. Like, uh, what's his name? He just got kicked out of the WWE for uh, 205 Live. Rich Swan. Uh, Rich Swan. When I see him coming out dancing, it drives me up the freaking wall, which is why I'm glad I'm not seeing him. Yeah. I just want wrestlers. I don't care if you're from Japan. And, and yeah, Japanese wrestlers back then, you know, they all had to throw salt and they wore those funny pants, yes. you know, in different colors. Well, there's, you know, like Vince McMahon, somebody said, uh, I don't know why Vince McMahon did it, but no matter how good you are as a face elsewhere, yeah. if you're a French Canadian wrestler, he'd flip your heel. Exactly. You know, yeah, Rick Martel, nicest, the pretty boy. Yeah. You know, AWA world champion. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to make you the model. And, uh, but you know what? It's, that's part of the thing is like, can you make it work? Here's yes. something new. Can you make because it work? Because you got to feed your family, you know? And, um, and you got to feed yourself. Yeah. And as far as the future of, uh, black wrestlers, the one guy that I think, uh, is 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 amazing. Uh, he's now in NXT. Finally, you're gonna talk about is Ricochet. Yeah, that's huge. Ricochet. And now I don't know if they're gonna let him. Oh, and also Velveteen Dream. Yes, Patrick Clark. Yeah, absolutely. you know, you know like he's doing the Prince gimmick. Yeah, which is fantastic. I, I don't have a problem with that. No, no, I don't have a problem with it yeah. either. You're allowed to be influenced by an artist. Yeah, 
And the, I love that his thing is just like, I want you to call me by my name. Patrick Clark, I'm Velveteen Dream. Yeah. <laughs> and like th- they build feuds on that. And like when he was wrestling, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alistair Black. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they had this great match and Alistair Black wins. But at the end, calls him Velveteen Dream, which gives him his win. That's all he wanted. We're fighting because I want you to respect me. And although he did not win the match... He got the respect that he wanted, and he called him Velveteen Dream. I think Patrick Clark. I've look at. I watch all the Tough Enoughs, mm-hmm. and uh, the last season of Tough Enough, eh, was, eh, you know, they got rid of Hogan halfway through because of everything, and that's and that's you know, as we're talking black wrestlers, Hogan's name comes up. Oh uh, yeah, but, in the worst know, way possible. But uh, it's unfortunate, you know. Like uh, it's uh, you know, I I, I personally I, I don't. Honestly, think that Hogan is a racist. I've talked to, like, I asked Teddy Biasi, is he racist? And he's like, no. He's like, we, he goes, I was talking to Ron Simmons last week, and then he's like, can you believe they think Hulk Hogan's racist? Like, I, so I don't, I don't think he's racist. I think when, when that happened, he, he definitely did not know he was being recorded, uh, and it was a moment of weakness for him. And it just, I just think he was at a terrible point in his life. And I don't know. I don't need to make. I'm making up excuses for him. No, but but the, but the thing is, it's like I don't know. I just you know, I just Hulk Hogan was for me everything that got me into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it really sucks when you see your heroes fall. True. And uh, you know, and like you know, like hey, you've, I, met, you've met Hogan. I've never met Hogan. Oh. oh my god, I can't even imagine meeting Hogan. I oh, don't even okay. you know, and I like. You know, I still love Ben Johnson. You know, like, uh, I, I I hate when our heroes fall, but Ben Johnson, to me, is still a hero. Mm-hmm. It's like, because everybody else in that race was juiced, nobody just got caught. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, uh, and, and, and to me, I hate Carl Lewis. I love Ben Same Johnson. Same here. I Carl agree Lewis you. is, you know, like, why do you need braces when you're in your 30s? Oh, yeah. because you're taking growth hormone and, and your skull is growing. Yeah. And it's fucking up your teeth. Yeah. You know, it's like, why did Barry Bonds have braces in his 30s? Because his head size grew like five sizes. Like, you know, and it's just like, yeah. So sometimes our heroes fall, but sometimes you still look at them as as heroes despite the thing. And, uh, you know, like I want Hogan. I want him to come back. Uh, Someday they will have him back. I do believe because they, you know, that'll be nice where they. Probably when they induct the NWO, they reinduct Hogan, and they, you know, and he comes in in the black and white. Maybe that's what I want, but we're not talking about Hogan. Where we're talking about African American wrestlers, uh, Butch Reed obviously has to come up several times. Yes, Awesome Kong. Yeah, we've mentioned her earlier in the yep. show. She deserves to be on there. Karma. Who else? And, and when you talked about The Rock, this is where now I put The Rock in because when we talk about the future, mm-hmm. The Rock has set up a great example, not just for black wrestlers, but for wrestlers and people in general to, if you've got a dream, yeah, man, that dream can go into areas that maybe you could never even thought of dreaming of no. and, and go there. Plus, I would really recommend it for people if they ever get a chance uh, on YouTube. He's got a lot of these inspirational speeches and Instagram. stuff. His Instagram account is great. I listen to them all the time. Yes. Like I like listening to all these motivational speeches and whatever. His is something that's really special. Take a listen to that uh, because he talks about, you know, that 
when he got cut from the CFL, he only played like one game. And he thought, hey, this is great. And mm-hmm. they said, okay, you're gone. He had $7 to his name. He didn't know whatever the hell else to do. No. And so he said, is that okay? I want to be a wrestler. Is that like, are you sure? He says, yeah. I still remember, and I showed you the picture, when I met him, nobody was looking at him. Nobody wanted to talk to him. He was just standing up, leaning against the wall when I went and I interviewed him because they were all interested in, uh, what the hell is his name? The Indian wrestler. Uh, Tiger Ali Singh. Tiger Ali Singh. They're all interested in him. Everything was crowded around Supposed him. Supposed to be the next big thing out of Canada. And yeah. look what happened to him. Like, And look what happened with The Rock. You yeah. know, and I remember interviewing him, and he was humble, but he was still searching for who he was. And he talked about it. He even talked about, too, when he started finding about himself and how... You know, there were times he realized he was full of crap and he mm. was still, he didn't realize who he was until he was in his 40s. And then finally he figured it all out, you know? Yeah. So he's the perfect example of what the future can be if you want that, whether you're black, white, or whatever else. True. Now, if if you were listening to this list and you were hoping for a man on a mission, Mo and Mabel, I'm sorry they Fuck did not make that. the list. No, they're not getting <laughs> on the list. Oh, Viscera, God. not on the list. No. Um, I I I apologize. We're we I don't apologize. We I will get- say it. <laughs> Fuck no. Oh my! Uh, do you want to throw Big Mac on that too? In the magnificent Zulu? No, they're no. not making it on the list. No, no. Uh, I'm just trying to think of. Uh, is there anyone else that? Oh, uh, what's his name? We won the Intercontinental Champion for a short time, but he was also MVP? Lucha Libre. Uh, Lucha. I forgot about MVP. He was at Raw 25. He deserves to be on that. He, he I liked was, MVP. I liked him too. I liked him. And yeah. you know what? He he had a really cool style. He could speak. He was winning championship. He dressed in a suit. Um, he didn't dance for anybody. No. Um, I liked You know what? I'm apologizing for him not being on. He needs to be on that list. Uh, you mentioned Brodus Clay. Um, also. Uh, but I'm just, trying to remember his name. He won the Intercontinental Championship, and then he moved over to, he was at Lucha Libre for a while. Big, big dude. Oh, Jesus. Um, but he, uh, again, he was really just big, but he couldn't wrestle. Um, I'm, I'm trying, I'm blanking on it. Um, I will also tell you a guy that's coming up that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy and he can move like a cruiserweight, but he's huge. And his name is Keith Lee. Keith Lee, don't know him. Oh, you gotta just go YouTube, okay, watch Keith Lee. Uh, he was just recently at the PWG card. My mm-hmm. friends were there. And apparently him and Matt Riddle stole the show. Oh, wow. And uh, Keith Lee, this guy can fly off the ropes, but he's big. He's wow. big. And, like, he'll, you know, he's in the Indies right now, mm-hmm. but he's awesome. Jay Lethal, somebody else who they, Jay Lethal, he was going to go on my list. Um, I think Jay. Black you know, Machismo. He, of course, to me, he's towards the end of his career. Um, yeah. I think if he can help out ROH. And helping in the dojo and helping these younger wrestlers, I think he'd be great at doing that. Uh, also, don't forget too, uh, what's his name from TNA who just left? Uh, did the MMA fighting? He uh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, who I've met, and he's fantastic. Yeah, you know, a former world champion as well. Former world champion. Yeah. Um, you know, can't talk, but uh, no. great, great look, great too, wrestler. His, his voice is too soft. Too soft. But the thing is, though, too, I mean, he's a legit guy. Yeah. You know, whether in the ring or in the octagon. He could beat your ass. Totally. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody we're forgetting. Do you have anybody left? Not that I can. Uh, not that we've I can covered think. a lot. I, I finally felt bad for MVP because, like I said, I love MVP. Man, yeah. MVP is just damn cool. I just watched them last night on a documentary on Viceland about wrestlers who retired uh-huh. and they're at the end of their career or what they're doing after WWE, and it's it was about him. 
So if you want to check that out, Viceland, uh, The Wrestlers is the documentary series. I don't know which number I saw. But, uh, of course, we also mentioned Coco Beware earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, uh, Z- oh, God, what the hell was that tag team back in the 80s, the Zambui Express? I'm not sure. I think it was Zambui Express. Two big guys. Randy, uh, was it Ray Candy was one of the uh, guys. Yeah. He was part of the tag team. Big dudes that would wear camouflage, the hats and everything else. Yeah. Um, they were a badass tag team. And then, of course, with Coco Beware, when he was with the PYT, mm-hmm. the Pretty Young Things. Uh, Where did they in, come in for that song? That's back awesome. In, they came out to PYT. Yeah, back in the day, they would come in actually to the music, uh, Beat It, Michael Jackson. Of course. They would wear the Beat It jackets, and they had uh, they they had the Jerry Curl going on, the solo. too. It was him and Novel Austin. That's it. That was the, uh, yeah, the PYTs. Uh, you know, one of the few black tag teams from back then that had their own style and everything, too. So, Well, we should wrap this up. Right? Yeah. Where can we find you? What's going on? Tell us where you'll be. Oh, well, uh, you know, actually, I'm going to NXT tomorrow. Or not, well, Thursday. Today, well, as we're speaking, I'm going on Thursday to NXT at the Hershey Center. Yes. Going to oh, be over fantastic. there. And uh, I have an interview coming up to, as we speak, in a half an hour with, and I, I'm i sorry, folks, I'm going bad with names. Uh, used to be with uh, TNA, uh, Beard. He's with uh, NXT now. Eric, Eric, Eric Young. Eric, Eric Young. Yeah. I've got a phone interview with Eric Young, so we're going to talk about what it's what was like in TNA and what it's like going on with uh, with the, the NXT and WWE. Yeah. Does he see himself moving up to the big roster? And because that's something that I would, you know, that's something that I would, I've definitely asked him too. Like just yeah. the transition between the two. Yeah, yeah. So I've got an interview coming up with that. Other than that, you know, there's so many things going on. So, you know, just go on Rudy Blair Entertainment Media, RudyBlairMedia.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, follow me and you'll see everything that's going on entertainment-wise throughout the world. But especially because what's going on right now with wrestling, uh, I've decided that... I'm not doing it for just Thursdays, but I think every once in a while leading up to WrestleMania, I'm going to start popping up some old pictures yeah. back in the day. So you'll see me with King Kong Bundy. You'll see me with Paul Jones. Uh, I think I've already put up Ivan Koloff. Yeah. Uh, but, I know uh, I put Stan up Ivan Koloff and The Rock. I put those two yeah. up. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I've gone through some pictures and, yeah, I think we'll start popping up some of the old boys. Fantastic. Hey, folks, you know, you can follow me on uh, all the formats uh twitter i'm casey corbin on twitter facebook uh comedian casey corbin on instagram don't forget to uh talk and wrestling podcast on instagram talking wrestling at gmail send us an email don't forget about the uh, rate and review subscribe and the postcard contest uh the hacksaw dates coming up more about that next week that's gonna be cool um what else can i tell you um i think that is pretty much it well that is another episode of talking wrestling here at the never sleeps network studio thank you for letting me put a headlock on your ears and uh, we hope you guys have an excellent day thank you very much bye now Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.